Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us today is Bob Moriarty, the founder of 321Gold and 321Energy.com. He is also the author of Nobody Knows Anything and The Art of Peace. Bob, thank you for joining us today. Uh, it's a real pleasure. And, and the funny thing is you mentioning nobody knows anything and the art of peace. The, the theme of nobody knows anything was that there are no experts, there are no gurus, there's just a bunch of people with an opinion, and uh, most of the time the opinion is wrong. And boy, this election absolutely proved it. The experts, the gurus, the polls, the mainstream media, uh, they, they looked and sounded like utter idiots. Well, for listeners... If you were surprised about the election results for President-elect Trump, maybe you shouldn't be so surprised because today's guest wrote in his book about a year ago what the results would be. Um, Bob, I would like to focus our discussion today on your book, The Art of Peace. Now, for first-time listeners, can you provide us with a brief narrative of the book? Well, the, the book... It's an attempt on my part to show the dual nature war. Now, I was in the Marine Corps from 1964 to 1970. I was a fighter pilot. I was in Vietnam for two years. I had 834 missions. So I certainly know combat. But the side of war that we never show is that uh, you're going to bury your young. Okay, nobody ever wins any war. It's not a basketball game. It's not a baseball game. Uh, it's something in which everybody loses, and the only question is how much you're going to lose. We are donating our money and the blood of our children to fight wars that make no sense whatsoever. Uh, I've got a nephew. I'm in Houston today. I'll be here through Friday, uh, who was killed in Jordan about 10 days ago in what was uh, nothing less than an assassination. He was one of the three special forces. And if all I can say is when members of your family die in a war, it's tragic and it's unnecessary. So it, it certainly brings it home to me. Now, in the book, I predicted in the very last chapter that because of the stupid wars we're fighting and the financial situation the U.S. finds itself in, the American electorate was very angry, and I saw Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump succeeding in spite of the mainstream media, in spite of the 1%, because people are angry. And, and I actually concluded this is a good thing because in the future we're going to have fewer wars because we simply cannot afford what we're doing now. You know, Bob, I just want to share our heartfelt condolences to you and your family. Uh, unbeknownst to me that uh, you had just lost a, a family member. So on behalf of all of us, our condolences. Um, Bob, if it, I'm... Here's yes. I point out and that's it's important and we do that and you're trying to console me and what I want to tell you is I should be consoling you my nephew was 27 he was one of the greatest people I've ever met 
and he was a loss to you as well as he was to me and we need to stop doing this and we need to stop fighting wars that you cannot possibly win because we're donating uh, our most valuable kids and that's a very foolish thing to do no disagreement here at all bob you i think you summed it up perfectly uh, bob in the art of peace you referenced the united states becoming a warfare state due in part to a shadow government and how the profits from this warfare are reinvested into the election campaign can you expand on that please well uh one of the greatest generals in American history was General Dwight Eisenhower. And uh, in 1961, when, when Kennedy, Kennedy was elected, of course, in 1960, but when Kennedy took office in 1961, Eisenhower gave his farewell speech, and he warned the American population of the influence of the military-industrial complex. Now, in his original statement, he called it the Congressional Military-Industrial Complex, and his speechwriters and advisors said, no, you can't say that, it'll piss too many people off. But we do, in fact, have a Congressional Military-Industrial Complex that rules the United States for their benefit. Uh, we spend an absurd amount of money on, quote, defense, when it's not defense at all, it's offense. Now, to give you some numbers of how absurd it is, since 1945, the United States has started 82% of the wars. Uh, President Obama is significant because in his in my entire administration, his entire eight years, there isn't a single day when America hasn't had forces overseas in combat. That's never happened with any president in history. And, you know, I'll be real candid, guys. All you have to do is think about it. Who the hell are we fighting? Okay? Who's the enemy? We, we've got troops in Somalia, we've attacked Sudan, we attacked Iran, we attacked Iraq, we attacked Afghanistan, we attacked Pakistan, we attacked Libya, we attacked Syria. Are, are you kidding? We don't have any interest in those areas. The last guy to conquer Afghanistan was Alexander the Great. He, he went in, took a look around, said these people are all crazy. It's like a hornet's nest. You don't want to be here, so he left. Uh, I can assure you that George Bush Jr. and Obama are not Alexander the Great. We've been at war in, in Iraq since 1990. It's a 26-year-old war. That's crazy. You know, words are so important. And in this case, you just uh, provided a, a great example. The word defense is very pernicious, and it's actually a sophism. Because as you just mentioned, it's a, it's a lie that's been told over and over again where the populace believe is, believes is the truth, but you've just provided what a statistic here, 82% of the uh, wars or casualties of wars, or I'm sorry, uh, correct me here, 82% of the conflicts are started by the United States in the name of defense, but it's actually offense. Um, correct. Well, uh, to give you a better number, the United States spends as much for the, the Department of Defense the next 15 countries combined 
and 13 of those countries, her allies of the United States, were doing things that nobody is questioning, that if you question, I don't care if you're a Republican, a Democrat, a liberal, a moderate, a greenie, I don't care, you can ask yourself, what do we stand to win by fighting all these wars? And the answer is nothing. And, and ladies and gentlemen, we just want to be clear here. We are not uh, in any way um, disrespecting or saying anything wrong about our military. We're you know, referencing politics in the United States of America. So please do not try to misconstrue the conversation here that we're having right now in reference to uh, the conflicts. But Bob, you mentioned how that gets the this shadow government. Is this shadow government tied into the CIA in your Of course. Yes. I mean, here's what's really funny. My nephew was in the he was a Green Beret. He was in the Special Forces. He was in the Fifth Special Forces out of Fort Campbell, Kentucky. He was in Jordan training the quotation marks moderate terrorists. And, and in fact, it was CIA controlled. Now, we had the same thing in Vietnam. We had CIA running wars over in uh, Laos and Cambodia, and the Pentagon running wars in, in Vietnam. The CIA is a very, very dangerous organization, and many of the problems that the United States faces today, such as not getting along with Iran, are results of CIA wars that were never voted on, <clears throat> never approved by Congress, never debated, um, never approved by the UN. The CIA went out, and in some cases, uh, exactly opposite of what the president wanted, started a war, spent a lot of money, and got a lot of people killed. The CIA is a dangerous organization, and their behavior is negative for the United States. Now, let's talk about the people who work for them, and that would be the Fifth Special Forces. They were nice enough to send two young men down who were in Jimmy's unit to, to help uh, Jimmy's dad and Jimmy's mother get through the past 10 days. And I've talked to them naturally because I was in the military. These guys have been on nine tours of Jordan, Iraq, and Afghanistan. Now, I spent two years in Vietnam, and that was a lot. I was in Vietnam for two tours. I never knew anybody who had three or four tours in Vietnam. These are 30, 31-year-old guys who have spent most of the last 10 years in combat zones. You cannot do that without destroying your military. You need a military, and President Eisenhower did say in its farewell speech, you do need a, a military. But he said, beware, there's a lot of companies and a lot of people who make money and take power from starting conflicts that are not in the country's best interest. And to the extent that for the United States to be in seven wars at the same time, sorry, that's totally insane, and you're destroying your military by doing that. Now, Bob, sticking with the CIA here briefly, give us your views on how the CIA affected this election. 
Well, I, I can't say because I don't know that they did. The strange thing is the amount of disinformation on both sides was pretty staggering. I don't know that the CIA had anything to do with the election. They may have. I know that Hillary Clinton tried every way she could to steal the election, and she was so disliked by the American voting public that she couldn't even steal the election. Point well taken. Now, Bob, bring this together for our listeners as um, how this, you know, you, the art of war, where you've, in the last chapter in essence, bring this all together, how this um, brings the economy and, in, and the evolution of a president-elect Donald Trump. Well, uh, the strange thing is he is just an intermediate stop. Every empire in history has collapsed when they started getting involved in military adventurism. Military adventurism costs a lot of money. It happened to the Greeks, it happened to the Romans, it happened to the French, it happened to the Spanish, it happened to the Russians, it happened to the English, it happens to everybody. When you start thinking war, it's a really great idea. It costs a million dollars a year to keep one soldier in Afghanistan for one year, okay? And what are they doing over there in the first place, Garden of Poppy Fields? Poppy production's up tenfold since the United States went into Afghanistan in 2001. So these things are all very negative. At some point in time, you either are defeated militarily or you go bankrupt. <clears throat> in the same way that nobody knows anything was a very accurate prediction that in fact there are no experts and there are no gurus only a lot of fools with opinions and certainly Brexit proved that and this election proved it the the art of peace at the end I conclude that we're gonna have our first worldwide revolution and there's a lot of indications that that's starting to happen now. Uh, certainly, there's a lot of chaos in Africa. There's chaos in the Far East. There's chaos in the Middle East, uh, chaos in Europe. And when the banks close, and they are going to close, uh, we're going to have a worldwide revolution. The fact that the American people are very angry at Obama, at Clinton, at Obamacare, at the Clinton Global Initiative, at the Clinton crime family, at the FBI. Uh, they're going to be a lot more angry uh, when they're out of work. There's 94 million Americans of working age who do not have jobs, and it's going to get worse. Now, Bob, is this the administration where the United States officially declares that it's bankrupt? I don't think they'll ever officially declare it. However, you can look at what's happening to bonds. Bonds around the world, okay, are literally tumbling. The interest rates in the U.S. have increased something like half percent in the last month. There will be a, a rate increase in December. Everybody thinks the Fed increases interest rates, and that's BS. The Fed reacts to interest rates. It does not act. There will be an interest rate increase because the bond market is saying uh, you need to pay 
higher interest if you want us to own your bonds. The Chinese are selling bonds, the Saudis are selling bonds, the Japanese are selling bonds. When the bond market collapsed, you don't have to declare bankruptcy, you just went bankrupt. Well, Bob, now for investors that have positions in the natural resource space and in precious metals, how will they be impacted in the next four years? Mm. There's a really good chance that we could have hyperinflation in the next year. Uh, if you go into hyperinflation, your choice is do you want to hold pieces of paper with no value or do you want to hold something that reflects real value in natural resources? The price of oil is absurd. The price of silver, gold, platinum, these are all very cheap. And uh, you, you either hold real assets or you hold fake assets. And I personally would rather hold real assets. Now, with real, real assets, are you saying then, and this is a great question, I think listeners are always, they're always asking me after the interview, so I'm, I'm glad I'm able to capture this one here. The, if you're a shareholder in the natural resource space, is that a good value proposition in this scenario, or should you just convert to, as you mentioned, precious metals? You should actually do both, okay? Uh, I, the banks are going to close. Now, I don't know if that's tomorrow. I don't know if it's a month from now. I don't know if it's six years from now. I don't know when that's going to happen. The banks are going to close because all of the banks in the world are functionally bankrupt. When they close, you're not going to have access to the money that you've got. Your credit cards aren't going to work, and you need something that you can hold in your hot little hand that has some value. So I highly advocate everyone owning some physical gold or physical silver or physical platinum. You need to hold something, but uh, at the same time, for investment purposes, uh, you want to invest in something that's real. And we go into hyperinflation, believe me, the resources are going to be as real as it gets. Well, I wholeheartedly concur with your statements there. Bob, last question. What did I forget to ask? I don't know. You, you asked some really good questions. Uh, let me uh, go back to either nobody knows anything or the art of peace. What have I failed to explain in a simple way? Well, I... I I don't believe you <laughs> You have failed in any capacity. It is very thorough and very easy to understand. And Bob, can you share with listeners where they can purchase your books, Nobody Knows Anything and The Art of Peace? Uh, they can get them on Amazon, and especially given Brexit, especially given the latest election. And, and it's really funny to me because I had forgotten what I had written in the last chapter of, no, of The Art of Peace. But there's two or three paragraphs in there that I wrote a year ago that are absolutely spot on. And I read them, or I actually reread them, and I said, damn, this guy really gets it. This is really good. Uh, it, it's a good book. They're both good books. And, and certainly your listeners will learn something by reading either one of them. Thank you again for sharing that. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are interested in purchasing precious metals and having offshore storage or an IRA backed by precious metals, please do take a look at www.provenandprobable.com. Bob Moriarty of 321 Gold, 
and 321 Energy. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Good deal. Thanks, Maurice. It's been my pleasure. All the best to you, sir. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.